a listener production. Take it away, our fabulous producer, Lindsay. Oh, it's a lot of pressure to be the <laughs> one introducing it. Hello, Jacob. Happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween. Yeah, you got some plans? I have a great idea for a costume and mm. no friends to invite me to a party to wear it at. Oh, stop. What a tragedy. That's devastating. It's actually my, I've got a few ideas on the boiler. Mm. One of them requires me to be in a relationship. The other <laughs> is just a really great idea. But again, another Halloween has rolled around, still not in a relationship, still don't have any friends. So oh. all of these Great Halloween costume ideas are just squirreled away to the back of my mind. You're not going to share them with us, are you? No. No, you're going to wait till you've got the opportunity. Well, when people hear this episode on Friday, there's still a couple of days until Halloween. So maybe you'll get some invitations, people sliding into your DMs. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah, you could end up in a relationship and at a party this Halloween. Imagine that. Double whammy. Well, I can't wait to see what you've got in mind. Now, you wanted to take the opportunity to remind everyone who you are. Ah, uh, I believe. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day that if people tune into Just a Gist for the first time and they hear this random person's voice, they might wonder who it belongs to. Mm. Uh, so I just thought it would be a nice reminder to jump in every couple of episodes and just remind um, older listen- listeners or new listeners that my name is Lindsay and I'm the producer of Just a Gist. Uh, you'll hear me kind of jump in and out of the stories, uh, but otherwise just a friendly uh, check-in at the top of every episode. Which I'm really enjoying doing with you, by the way. And I know the Gistners are enjoying it also. And I'm slowly becoming more comfortable with it. (laughs) You certainly are. Um, I am so thrilled that our Halloween spooktacular Mm. this week features a very, very good friend of mine, Fiona Cox, who I've known since we were wee little 12-year-olds, and I'm so excited that you guys are going to get to hear about um, her finally getting her stand-up comedy career moving, Um, and then, of course, she's going to get into telling us a story that I have become obsessed with, the story, the real story, the true story behind Netflix's new series, The Watcher, which... Have you watched it yet, Lindsay? I have not watched it. I don't have a Netflix account, which is one thing that's putting me off. Mm -hmm. And also what you have told me, the brief things that you've told me, haven't won me over either. Okay. Well, firstly, I will give you my Netflix login (laughs) um, and you can use it for as long as Netflix will allow multiple login locations. Um, Ironically, The Watcher is totally unwatchable. (laughs) I watched the first episode and just thought it was... Torture. Um, And yeah, I was, because I'd already heard the story from Fiona, um, Mm -hmm. I was very much aware of where um, they'd sort of taken some creative liberties. So I'm very, very happy, particularly for the people who have watched The Watcher, that they'll now get to hear the true story as told by Fiona Cox. So I guess the moral of this story is to spend the next hour and a bit listening to Just a Gist and not waste eight or so hours on the Netflix series. Yes. There we go. Powerful moral. Now, one more thing. I believe you wanted to serve me up a little surprise. 
Yes. Once again this week. Again, on the theme of bots, there's this program that I use here that's a transcription software and I put Fiona's episode in that to get the transcript just because of some details that I need to go back and forth on with you and Fiona. Mm. And I didn't realise this, that it generates a transcript of everything that is said and it's pretty Mm -hmm. good with like recognising the words that you say, but sometimes with the Australian accents it can get a bit turned around. So Mm. I just wanted to read you out the transcription of the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. So it goes, allergies and as welcome back to Just the Gist, (laughs) a weekly-ish podcast in which ordinarily Rosie Woodland and Jacob Stanley give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story if you think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party. Uh, It continues on pretty much as normal as you said it. Uh, Extra, extra, extra special guest host who I'm thrilled to introduce you to Please, Jason, is me, the fabulous Fiona Cox, question mark. (laughs) Someone I have known and loved for 25 years. Lug Fiona, welcome to Just the Gist. And Fiona comes in and says, thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. I've been excited about Lisa since you asked me to do it. It's all I've thought about her a long, long time. Just now, first time caller. I'm so excited. So I got a lot of joy from reading out the uh, what this AI program decided you guys were actually I'm saying. We're going to start every episode now with allergies <laughs> and welcome back to Just the Gist. Yes. That's terrific. Very good. Thank you for that. Um, one more PSA you've got before we jump into the episode. Yes. Again, another one for first time callers or people who have been listening for a little while and have forgot about it. If you wanted to skip straight to the start of the story that Fiona tells Jacob or with any of our episodes the start of the story, I put the time code for when it starts in the episode description. It's usually around, depending on what we chat about, maybe like 15, 20 minutes in. Um, So if that's something that you're interested in, just getting straight into it, Mm -hmm. uh, scroll down into your podcast player and check out the notes for the episode. Thanks, Lindsay. Excellent. All right, listeners, enjoy this episode of Happy Halloween. Hello, Gistners. Welcome back to Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which ordinarily Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party. As you are all well aware, Rosie is taking a bit of time off to look after her health. And while she's away, we've got some extra special guest hosts who've been coming on board. And this week, we have an extra, extra, extra special guest host who I'm thrilled to introduce you to. Please, Gistners, meet the fabulous Fiona Cox, someone I have known and loved for 25 years. Oh, way too long. Fiona, welcome to Just the Gist. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. I've been excited about this for since you asked me to do it. It's all it's all I've thought about. Uh-huh. I'm a long long time gistner, first time caller. I'm so excited. <laughs> so let's kick off with, if you wouldn't mind, giving us just the gist of who you are and what you do. Oh, I am obviously a longtime friend of Jacob. We went to high school together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am also a stand-up comedian. And I work in advertising as well to pay the bills, obviously, because comedy's not quite doing that just yet. Uh-huh. Maybe yeah. one day. Emphasis on the yet. Yet. I'm certain yet. things are about to take off. Um, so let's just delve into that a little bit. I would love to know how, why, when you got into stand-up comedy. Uh, well, Jacob bullied me for a while. <laughs> A couple of decades. Jacob and all of his friends bullied me for a little while. (laughs) Um, It was always in the back of my mind. 
from high school. Um, and then I was working at a job where I wasn't particularly happy mm. and I needed to do something just for myself. So I gave stand-up comedy a go, really enjoyed it. And then I entered the Triple J Raw Comedy Contest mm-hmm. um, and I got to the state final of that, not the one in Melbourne, but the state final, which I was pretty stoked with because I just came out of nowhere. Um, and one of the judges in my heat was... A really lovely guy who got in contact with me and just basically got me some bookings and mm-hmm. it kind of went from there, which is really good because <laughs> it's kind of what I wanted. I was sort of just exploring it a bit and mm-hmm. then suddenly I was like, oh, okay, I, I do this now. Great. Which is good. I'm and thrilled I'm to hear that you're loving it. doing it and still enjoying it. You're welcome for the bullying. Yes. Thank you for bullying me. I'd call it <laughs> nudging. Yes, it was more mm. nudging, yes. We're going to post some links to some of the gigs that you've got coming up between yes. now and the end of the year. Um, and then if people start following you, they'll be able to find as well when you've got yes. other gigs that come up in 2023 and beyond. So yes. just give us a quick rundown of things that you've got coming up. Uh, well, solo season is over. It's up to application time. So no solo shows at the moment, but just a couple of little, sh- of little shows around. I've got a charity gig up on the Central Coast Mm -hmm. in Gosford. I think it's at the Leagues Club. Um, It's a charity gig for domestic violence services on the coast. Uh So that's an important one. That is on, I want to say, the 9th or the 19th of November, whichever of those is a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure it's the 19th. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've got a couple coming up in Newcastle Comedy Club. I've got one at Happy Endings in the Cross coming up. (laughs) Just a lot of little ones around. If you follow me on social media, I promise I will be better at posting my gigs. Okay. Now, as you're aware, we have been playing Two Truths and a Lie to get Uh, to know all of our guests over the last few months. And so you've come prepared. Take it away. (laughs) Okay. Um, I was voted most likely to be a comedian in high school. Mm. Uh, I... Locked myself out of my apartment on Christmas Eve and an old man had to help, had to help me scale my apartment building and break into the place. Uh-huh. Uh, and <laughs> when I was eight, a French man proposed to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You do have a lot of stories about ridiculous situations and I can see the Frenchman proposing to... Where were you at the time? In France? No, in Cairns. In Cairns, okay. Um, And as for scaling the building, when you say helped you, do you mean actually like helped lift you up or...? Yes, there was a ladder involved, but it was not long enough. (laughs) So what, he climbed up the ladder and then lifted you up from the top rung? I lifted him up and he <laughs> pulled me up. <laughs> okay, okay. Lindsay, over to you. I feel like the voted most likely to be a comedian in high school feels like too easy, too it much feels of an obvious, easy, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And I don't remember who won what awards um, at our end of year, end of school formal. So I'm not, but I, I don't wonder have a memory of whether that's true. If everyone at your school 
was bullying you into becoming a stand-up comedian even back Nudging. then. Nudging. <laughs> Nudging. And they could see your talent. Maybe that does make sense and you were voted most mm. likely to be a comedian. <sighs> so you're going with that's a true? I'll go that's true. And then mm. I'm going to say the scaling a building is the lie. Okay. That's the one I was going to pick as well. But I'll go with Frenchman then. All right. Mm-hmm. Jacob is correct. Oh, yes. Back on a winning streak. <laughs> I was voted most likely to be a comedian at school. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you would know that one, but then, I mean, everybody wipes their memories yeah. after high school. Um, the apartment one is sadly true. I locked myself out um, because I accidentally parked in the bus lane. Mm-hmm. On, oh, well, it wasn't a bus lane on the weekend. It was on Monday mornings, but because it was Christmas Eve and I was on holidays, I just thought, well, it's my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And and I forgot that my car was there. So I woke up in the morning and went, oh, my goodness, my car, and changed my pants, but for some reason not my top. So I ran out (laughs) in my pajama top, a (laughs) pair of denim shorts and no shoes, and I just grabbed my my car keys ran out the door, got in my car and I'm driving around the back and went, I didn't bring my house keys. And so I just kept driving to the real estate agent and they were closed until basically the middle of January. (laughs) Uh, My housemates, one was in Canberra and one was in the Blue Mountains for Christmas. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And so I lived on a main road on Parramatta Road in Stanmore and I thought, oh, I'll just go into one of the shops and I'll someone can help me mm. get over the balcony and then from there I'll just work out what to do. And there was this really, really old man who helped me. He brought out, I thought it was a decent ladder, but it didn't quite reach and mm. he insisted that he went up first. Um, he was trying to be quite chivalrous and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to kill someone's grand- grandfather <laughs> on Christmas Eve. This is not going to go well. And he got up there and then pulled me up over and then together we unlocked a screen door. I say unlocked. We broke into a screen door mm-hmm. and I got in and then he mansplained front doors to me <laughs> <laughs> and showed me how to work a deadbolt it so I wouldn't lock myself out again. So you learned a valuable lesson. I thanks to you. lesson. Um, the French man proposing, uh, it's slightly true. When I was eight years old, I was going out to the Barrier Reef on a little boat with my family. There was a Frenchman there. Mm. He did say he would come back and marry me. It's technically not a proposal. Um, he <laughs> sounds ha- like a threat. He has not. He's <laughs> not come back at all. <laughs> Men. <laughs> well, uh, uh, he found another eight-year-old somewhere else. Yeah, probably else another eight-year-old. I know. Now that I think that's about it, I'm like, that's really weird. Yeah. Mm-mm. And in my head, I'm like, I think... At the time, like at the time, I'm like, oh wow, this this old man, he probably would have been nineteen, <laughs> nineteen or twenty. Now that I think of his face, because he was definitely younger than my mom, mm. and she was a youngish mom. So I'm like, well, he must have been like nineteen, twenty. Yeah. Ah, oh, very good. All right, so we should probably go ahead and get into this week's story. Yeah. And um, Fiona once again has kindly volunteered to be the one to tell us the story, serve us the gist of a tale. And I'm very, very excited about this one because this was something that was on my list for quite some time. I looked very, very briefly into it at like the end of 2020, I think. Someone, a gistner, sent it through as a suggestion. 
Um, I've given Lindsay a bit of a rundown of the theme of this topic, and we may lose her at some point because <laughs> she is freaked all the way out oh. by the two or three sentences that I've told oh, her no. about this. Um, just well, yesterday, I, ha- I when have we more were... than two or three sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, when we were recording. <laughs> I said something that freaked Lindsay out so much. She ripped her headphones off (laughs) off and stood up. Um, But she couldn't escape because I was in the room with Abby telling the story. (laughs) But she took a moment to compose herself and then she was fine. Um, So, yeah, good luck, Lindsay. Thank Um, you. I hope you're going to be okay. And Fiona, whenever you're ready, take it away. Okay. Imagine buying your dream home, but before you even move in, you start receiving some mysterious and creepy letters from an anonymous sender. Mm. Letters that are so chilling, you question whether you should move in at all. This happened to a family in New Jersey, and today I'm giving you just the gist of The Watcher. Oh, I'm so keen for this because I know that Netflix are about to release a... No kidding. It drops today, 5pm. <gasps> Stop! I looked, it, I looked it up because I was like, oh, I'm going to need to know that information. It Today, 5pm. I was like, ah! Okay, so we are recording this on the 13th of October. It's yes. going to come out in a couple of weeks. So by then, a bunch of people will have watched The Watcher, in yes. which case um, it'll be interesting for them to compare the dramatised version to the true life version yes. that you're going to give to us. And already I'm trying to, from the trailer that I've watched, I've tried to match mm-hmm. who is who. I think they've done, because it's the same people who do American Horror Story, so I think I, they've done a real creepy version of it uh-huh. upped the horror. Well, I'll tell you what, that tells me that they've probably absolutely botched it because oh, whenever no. Ryan Murphy does anything, it starts really strong and then it just becomes a mess towards the end. So <laughs> that's lowered all my expectations for the TV show, to be honest. Um, but okay, so this is a this is a creepy one. It is a creepy one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in June 2014, Derek and Maria Broadus bought a six-bedroom, four-bathroom mansion at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, mm-hmm. for almost $1.4 million. Mm-hmm. Built in 1905, the multi-storey home with white columns on the porch, large bay windows and a big backyard was the perfect home to raise their three children who were five, eight, and ten years old. Mm-hmm. They purchased the home from John and Andrea Woods, who lived there for 23 years. Mm-hmm. There was a bit of work to be done on the house prior to moving in, so the Broadduses were still living at their old home. Just three days after settlement on 657 Boulevard, Derek was alone at the house painting the inside. A bit after 10pm, he decided to check the mailbox. Among the bills and various pamphlets and junk mail... There was a white card-shaped envelope. In thick black pen, it was simply addressed to the new owner. Mm. Are you guys ready? (laughs) The typed letter inside read, Dear new neighbour at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighbourhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force from within? (gasps) 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. 
Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. (gasps) I see already you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. I asked the woods to bring me young blood and it looks like they listened. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think that there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood that I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too... (laughs) Was your old house too small for the growing family or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive past 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. <laughs> strong opening. A very, very strong opening that made a point. Uh, what What would you do if you got a letter like this? I would move, say goodbye to the million dollars. <laughs> I need to find a new place to live. Yeah, uh, I think I would be in the same boat. <gasps> or at okay. the very least calling the real estate. And asking some questions. Yes, I'd I'd have some, I'd have some definite questions. Um, yeah, I'd want to know about previous owners yes. and where they're buried, um, and where I can find the police reports yes. of what happened. To <laughs> them. What's in the walls? What's in <laughs> what? Um, yeah, then I'd be booking some inspections, and I'd probably be notifying the authorities all at the same time, thinking yes. it's probably a prank. Yeah, probably could a prank. Be, could be nothing. They they definitely spent a lot of time on it, so maybe it is something. All right, so how did they react? Well, after reading the letter, Derek ran back into the house and turned off all the lights. (laughs) Then he called the police. An officer from the Westfield Police Department showed up. He read the letter and said, and I quote, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) He asked if Derek had any enemies and suggested he move a piece of construction equipment away from a window in case the watcher tried to throw it through the window. But that was it. Uh, The letter was postmarked June 4, which was before the sale of the house was made public, and it was an off-market sale, and the Woodses had never even put a for sale sign out the front. The date of the postmark was only a day after the contractors had started work on the house. The Broadduses hadn't even changed their address yet, so how could someone know the house had new owners? It's safe to say the Broadus's creepy threshold had been exceeded and they thought the letter warranted a bit more of an investigation than what the fuck is this. Mm-hmm. So Maria and Derek reached out to the previous owners of the home to ask if they had ever received a letter like this in all the years they had lived there. Andrea Woods replied and said that a few days before moving out, the watcher had sent them a letter too. She said it was an odd letter that also hinted at the fact the Watcher had been doing what the Watcher does best and watching the house, (laughs) 
but it was the only letter of its kind they had ever received. And so they didn't think much of it and they threw the letter away. So they didn't get one until just before they moved out? Yes, just before. So a few days before they moved out. Okay. They got a letter. And I, I can understand why they threw it out. Like when you're in that stage of moving, you're throwing everything out. Mm-hmm. Like I'll throw a child out. Like I don't, I'm, I'm, like I start them. I start the moving by like slowly looking through things and reminiscing. By the end of it, I'm like, no, nah, it's all going. And even I'll if put, it was myself true, in the bin, you're moving out, so it's not your problem anymore anyway. It's, yeah, exactly. You're not as attached. You're like, mm. well, this isn't going to follow me to my new house, hopefully. And and so they just said the letter was odd. They didn't have any other details they said to it was odd. share. No, no other details. Okay. At least in nothing in what I've read. Uh, the Woods are saying that they got a letter was enough for the Broadduses to insist that they all go to the police station together to officially report the letters. Detective Leonard Lugo was assigned the case. He told the Broadduses not to mention the letter to anyone, not to friends, not to family, and especially not to people living on the boulevard because they were all suspects now. It was shocking to think that anyone in Westfield could be the author of this letter. Westfield is a fairly well-to-do town 45 minutes outside of New York with a mostly white population. And as we all know, rich white people never do anything wrong. (laughs) Universal truth, yes. Yes. Given its friendly vibe and proximity to the city, a lot of people choose it as a place to raise their kids. Maria Broadus herself grew up in Westfield and had always dreamed of raising her own family there. In fact, the Broadus's old home was only a few blocks from 657 Boulevard. The Broadus's tried to be friends with the neighbours. They went to a barbecue in the street to welcome them to the neighbourhood. They acted as though nothing was wrong while secretly trying to gather clues on who the watcher could be. Uh Derek even gave one friendly neighbour a tour of the house and was stopped dead in his tracks when the neighbour commented, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the (gasps) neighbourhood. The Broadduses were officially spooked. No one and everyone was the watcher. Derek cancelled a work trip and whenever Maria went to the house, she was constantly calling the children if they wandered too far in the backyard. Two weeks had passed since the first letter and they were still yet to move in. Maria stopped by 657 Boulevard to pick up the mail and there it was. Another white card-shaped envelope. She took it straight to the police. Without reading it. Without reading it. Uh-huh. Uh, this letter was addressed incorrectly to M slash M Braddis and mentioned the children's birth order and their nicknames. <gasps> the ones that Maria had been calling when they wandered too far in the yard. Okay, I'm with Lindsay already. I'm selling the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, already sold. Mm. All right, this time the letter read, Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood that you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of this house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? 
Will the young blood play in the basement or are they too young to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. (gasps) (laughs) It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. (gasps) Oh, oh, this is so menacing. (laughs) Will they sleep in the attic or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and I have been in charge of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Bradis family. (sighs) Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past six families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving day. You know I will be watching. At this point, when I was reading, I'm like, is this an actual vampire? I don't... Uh, Who says young blood? So many times. Stop saying blood to strangers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so have you seen the letters? Have you seen images of them? No. Are they available? They are not. No matter how much I Googled, they are not available. This isn't even the full letters. Okay. They have never put the full letters out, I think, because it has information about their children in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, like, I have pieced them together from different podcasts that I've listened (laughs) to and excerpts from different articles, which I think is what a lot of podcasts have done. And I've sort of done the same, but... And they were handwritten or typed? Typed. Typed. So handwritten on the envelope, typed Uh inside, and the watcher was typed in cursive. Uh So they've changed fonts. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've got a rudimentary uh, word knowledge Mm. and changed fonts. But they're still making some creative choices. Yes. Um, Okay. And so did this lead to any theories? Uh, Not yet. I have left suspects until... Okay. All right. End. All right. So we'll press on. You okay, Lindsay? Hanging on. Yeah. You're doing yeah. all right. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Whew. Let's keep going. Uh, this letter also asked about one of the broadest children in particular. One uh, On one of Maria's visits to the house, one of the kids had set up an easel and was painting on an enclosed porch. The letter asked, is she the artist in the family? Mm. The porch that the daughter was painting on was not visible from the street. The only place it could have been seen was from behind the house or right next door. Oh. Yes. After this second letter, the Broadduses cancelled their moving day and stopped bringing the children to the house. They set up cameras at 657 Boulevard and at one point Derek was going there at night and sitting in the dark waiting for the watcher to show themselves. They even hired a building specter to see if there was any weight to the watcher's suggestions that there was something in the walls. What do you think he found? Was it like bugs? Like, and when I say bugs, like recording devices? 
Uh, no, according to reports, what he found was a lack of insulation. So literally nothing. Literally nothing. But, I mean, this is a building inspector. I don't know if they have, like, proper, is it sonar equipment? What do you, what do you, they use to... Yeah, like seeing walls, or if he's just going around knocking on <laughs> nothing, nothing on that one. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know who should. Uh, I don't know who would be better qualified to do it. But a psychic, probably. Yeah, I know. I'm like mm. at this point. At this point, I would just be having looking up in the on the internet for a, a psychic in the neighbourhood to come and yeah. just guess, please, and then burn some sage on the yeah. way out. Yep. Um, so a few weeks later, on July 28, 2014. A third letter arrived. Mm. This is after they haven't been to the house Uh for a while. And it says, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life of the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. (laughs) But he kept watching till the day he died. Now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Love the watcher. (laughs) (laughs) This he's got pizzazz. Or she. Or she exactly. Um, Yeah, flair for sure. Very expressive. Um, Not well. Not well. No. I'd say. Would you be going back? (laughs) Unresolved issues um, and. (laughs) And a. I, I don't, don't know, a weird obsession with the house. At one point, I'm like, are you the house? It's, it's... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a kid who, like the person writing the letter sounds like the kid who grew up in it and mm. has never gotten over leaving. Leaving, yeah. yeah. To me, I feel like, you know, chances are back in the 60s, they would have had a staff in a house with six bedrooms. Yes. They probably had yes. a few servants. Um, and so the k- children of the groundskeeper and the housekeeper and whatnot yeah. probably got to spend time on the premises and imagine what it would be like if they could actually live in luxury like that. So it feels like that yes. kid then has grown up to feel oddly attached to Very the fantasy attached. they developed as a kid. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if there's someone like that profile when we get to the maybe, suspects, I guess. Maybe jealous that they couldn't. Have it? Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 1.4 million. It's out of a lot of people's range. Okay, so that was letter number three? That was letter number three. And yes. what was their reaction to that? 
Well, it did nothing to either bring the Broadduses back or halt their renovations. Mm. They continued work on the house and within a few months, the renovations were complete. In the meantime, Derek went into full detective mode. Mm. He drew up a map with dates marked for when each neighbour moved in. He even had an approximate radius of earshot for each house nearby. Given some of the details in the letters, someone had to be listening to them. Uh He also worked out line of sight for houses that had a vantage point to the porch where the daughter was painting. Only a few homes had line of sight and were within Derek's earshot radius. Uh There are even reports that Derek was looking up the price of German shepherds and went so far as to put an ad on a military recruitment site for someone to just come and exercise in the yard every day. (laughs) Just to pose and flex and intimidate. I I mean, bless Derek, he doesn't realise what it looks like to ask some buff men to come and work out in your yard every day. I hope he gave some more details. I kind of enjoy that creative solution, though. Oh, oh, uh, he, so he's kind of lost it. Yes. He's gone full corkboard, red string, yes, thumbnail yep. thing. Yeah, oh, dear. Yep. Which, I mean, to be honest, maybe, maybe I would as well because I like answers. I, I'd be like, oh, is it? Yeah. I just need to know. I'm not, not going to press charges at the moment. I just want to yeah. know who it is. Yep, fair enough. So maybe I would be the same. By the end of 2014, there were no suspects and no leads. So Derek did the only thing left to do. He asked a priest to bless the house. Ah! <laughs> I thought you were going to say exercise the well, house. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, it doesn't need a blessing. It needs an exorcism yeah, at this point. Oh, purge it before you yes. um, throw holy water around, which I imagine is what he did, burn some incense Splash them. Say a prayer. Yeah. So they went ahead with that. They did the blessing. They did the blessing. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. And so then the letters stopped, I assume. No. 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 Oh, funny that. And the Broadduses sadly didn't have a, a lot of luck after. Oh. Um, by this point, the Broadduses were living with Maria's parents and weren't prepared to put their kids in harm's way at 657 Boulevard. Fair enough. So six months after buying the house, they put 657 back on the market. So they never even lived in there? They never lived in it. Uh Uh-huh. And they put it back on the market. Uh, Any takers, would you guys be moving in? (laughs) Really depends on the price. And I'm assuming they wanted to sell it quickly, so it wasn't a profit they were making. No, not the move they went for. Um, They put it on the market for 100 grand more than what they had purchased for. Okay. Um, so not a huge amount more, but given the amount of work they had done on the place, mm-hmm. they thought... They were going to break even. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but being decent human beings, the Broadduses decided to disclose the letters to interested buyers. <laughs> and no surprises here, that was against advice from their real estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Any interested buyers became very uninterested once they saw the letters. Mm -hmm. In June 2015, the Broadduses filed a civil suit against the Woodses, the previous owners of 657 Boulevard. They argued that the Woodses should have disclosed their letter to them when they were selling the place. The Woodses countersued for defamation. (laughs) God bless Americans. I know, I know. (laughs) Take to the courts. 
Uh-huh, okay. Um, this possibly worked against them because before the case was even heard, it caught the attention of a local newspaper that published an article about it and the story went viral. Okay, so that was my next question. If they're bringing up defamation, then I'm assuming this has become a public knowledge yes. type story yes. and just like within the county, within the state or nationwide? Yeah, uh, nationwide. Okay. So there were already rumours in the neighbourhood swirling about why, like whispers happening about why they hadn't moved in and there were whispers about the letters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, I couldn't find the original local paper that printed um, this little article that got picked up by national news stations. Mm. Um, but I assume it was just a court reporter who just happened to be nosing around and he's found some documents. So this was before the case was even heard, like years before the case was even heard. He's mm. just found something, seen some excerpt. There was a, a parts of the letters in the documents. Uh-huh. He's seen that and... Written a little article that went gangbusters. Good for you. Yes. Um, so, yes, the national national news stations picked up on the story and the media swarmed the boulevard. Now that their house was famous, there was very little chance of finding someone brave enough to buy it. But a couple offered to rent it from the Broadduses. The couple had no kids and two big dogs, so they <laughs> uh-huh. felt okay about moving in. Uh-huh. Uh, But just to be sure, there was a clause in their rental agreement that said that they could vacate the property should another letter from the watcher arrive. (laughs) I feel like that's foreshadowing. Yes, yes it is. Uh, In 2017, just a few weeks after moving in, the new tenants found a letter in the mailbox more than two years after the last letter was sent. Oh, wow. Yes. That much time elapsed. That much huh. time, yes. Do you know if anyone was checking the mailbox regularly to see if new letters were being posted? Uh, yes, Derek was still going to the house mm. to do things. I only know this because there was a weird comment in an article where he was talking about the indignity of having to shovel snow at his parent, at his in-law's place and also shovel snow at... <laughs> 657 Boulevard. I think he said, imagine the indignity. And I'm like, oh, there's, there's worse things, Derek, such as the letters you're getting in your mailbox. <laughs> Why is he shoveling snow, though, if there's no one there driving in and out of the driveway? I believe just to keep up appearance. I think he's just still trying to make it look nice. Present, okay, still on the market and, yeah, yes. maintain your $1.4 million yes. asset. Yeah, okay. Despite the letter being slightly more sinister than the previous three, the tenants chose to stay on, but they requested that cameras be installed. So apparently after they moved in, because the, there were already cameras there, they mm. had put, the Broadduses had put up cameras, and then I don't know at what point they took them down, but they probably should have put them up when the people moved in or just kept them there forever. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why they were ever taken down. So... You said that this was a more menacing letter more menacing than the previous letter. ones. Have you read it? Do we know what's I in it? I have read the letter. Um, you guys will find out oh. the letter. Um, I have saved it to last. Okay. <laughs> um, and you can, <laughs> I mean, you can decide for yourself whether you would have stayed on uh-huh. as a as a tenant. I have moved out three years ago, so <laughs> I know Lindsay's my Lindsay's left the country already. <laughs> She's changed oh, no. her identity. <laughs> And she's learnt a new language and she's never going back. Oh, I don't know. But I mean, the rental market, I mean, the rental market's bad here. I mean, I don't know how bad it is in the States. Maybe as a renter, I would stay on. I would stay on. 
For six bedrooms and four bathrooms, yeah. there's a lot I'd put up with. Yeah, like, and I'm pretty sure they got it for a bargain. So yeah. Maybe they're like, no, we'll, we'll keep going, see how it goes. The dogs will keep us safe. Please the, tell me the dogs don't get hurt. No, the dogs don't get hurt. And, okay. I mean, the, letter, the letters, although I haven't read any parts of it where it mentioned the renters, but apparently this letter did mention the renters. Okay. So they do know, the watcher does know that it's being rented out. Okay. While this was all going on, the Broadduses had put in a request with the Neighbourhood Planning Board to knock 657 down and subdivide the land. Even though Westfield residents knew the position the Broadduses were in, they protested the proposal because smaller lots would be out of character for the neighbourhood. Oh, piss off. Yes. Yes. Classic neighbourhood drama. Yeah, that is very... Desperate housewives. Uh, yes. I mean, so. apparently before this watcher thing happened, the biggest news in Westfield was that a Trader Joe's was shut for some construction or something. <laughs> something had gone on at the Trader Joe's. So, yes, yeah, someone trying to change the facade of their block. Mm-hmm. Absolute madness. Okay, right. That's the community we're dealing with. Yes. Okay. And appara- so that- like apparently they all showed up at the hearing mm-hmm. that went for four hours and had their say. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, the subdivided plots would fall just three feet short of the mandated allotment. And so in March 2017, the request was rejected by the planning board. Mm-hmm. Um, in October 2017, the civil case the Broadduses filed against the Woodses was thrown out along with the defamation case. Yeah, good and which, good. Yes, fair enough. And I think it's because in apparently in the States, like a lot of states do have um, like things that you have to disclose. New Jersey doesn't have laws like that. And they mm. thought that if they brought that in, especially for letters, like where would the line be on what you had to disclose? Oh, yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah, it's that's a big setting jump. a very odd precedent yes, that very could be exploited precedent. in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the Broadduses put the house back on the market again, this time for $1.1 million. Bargain. Absolute bargain. <laughs> um, given that the house was now famous, they had a lot of people view it. One man was even reported to say he was going to get the house for a fucking bargain. <laughs> Uh, the Broadduses showed him the letters and they never heard from him again. <laughs> real, real brave boy. <laughs> but on July 1, 2019, they finally sold 657 Boulevard to a couple for $959,000, over $400,000 less than what they had purchased it for five years before. Ouch. So they took a hit of they more than a half a mil. Hit. Plus renovations, plus money that they paid investigators and whatnot looking into this case. So they have taken a huge financial hit. Yeah, but, you know, for their safety, security. For the sake of them and their kids. Like Uh if I had children, I certainly wouldn't be moving them into that home. Uh, How far away were they living? I am not sure at this point. Um, They did buy a new house still in Westfield. They stayed, they stayed in the in same suburb. Yes, they stayed in the same suburb. I question that choice, but I know. okay. Yes, they stayed in the same suburb. Clearly fans of the suburb itself, just <laughs> not that particular street. So who was it that drove them out of their dream home before they had even had a chance to live in it? Any theories? 
First of all, I just want to know, do we have an answer or is this an open-ended mystery? Open-ended mystery, oh. I'm so sorry to say. Okay, so we're still going to be able to debate even at the end of this. Right, do we have any theories? Well, I've already laid my theory out. I think it was the child of a um, servant for a previous owner's family. Yep, that was a theory thrown uh-huh. in there by, of- by an ex-FBI agent that they got on the case. That was his thought. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel validated. Um, was it given a lot of credence or was it shot down or...? Look, to be honest with you, it didn't have a lot of mention in many of the things that I read. It was just that he brought it up as a theory. Apparently it was investigated, but no names or anything came up in any of the articles that I read. It was just they had looked up and researched Uh old housekeepers, old staff and their family members and had cleared them. Okay. No leads from there. No leads. All right. So my theory was a dead end probably. Lindsay, what do you reckon? I did like that theory as well. Thinking about the position of being able to see the daughter painting from a certain angles and behind the house and only a couple of do- couple of houses next door, maybe some sort of like resentful neighbour who doesn't like what's happening to the neighbourhood, he's lived there forever, doesn't like what the neighbourhood's turning into, something like that. Yes, very, very good theory. That was actually the main uh, suspect for a while, Mm -hmm. which is the first suspect that I'm going to bring up, the next door neighbour. Okay. Oh, so we've got a list. We've got a list of possible suspects that were looked into Mm -hmm. or took up more space in the things that I read. Uh, Suspect number one, the next door neighbour. There was a family that lived next door to 657 Boulevard. They were described as odd but harmless. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like people would describe me as odd odd but harmless. I was just about to say, like someone on this podcast. Same. I'm also (laughs) odd but harmless. And then as I was reading more of this, I'll I'll say in a second what I related to. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is going to be me. Uh, But the mother of the family was in her 90s and several, some reports say five of her adult children who were all in their 60s also lived at the house. Um, I live with my sister and I'm like, it's it's totally fine to live with family members, okay? (laughs) Sometimes that's what the housing market does to you, okay? (laughs) Right. Agreed, but... Uh, I know, all of them in their 60s living with the mother in the 90s. I mean, I don't know whether they had all moved out at some point and moved back in to look after her because she's in her 90s. That's Mm. a possibility. Um, It sounds like a great premise for a sitcom. Yes. (laughs) Like, yes, there's Golden Girls vibes right there, but probably with a bit more quirk and um, infighting. Yeah, I was about to say a lot more fights. Okay, so they were ruled out. Well, one of the youngest sons uh, didn't have a job and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway. I don't know why that constantly came up in articles, but apparently it was important. Um, And Derek Broadus thought, well, he's unemployed, he's got facial hair, it must be him. (laughs) Wait, Um, let me just Google Ernest Hemingway. I I did the same thing. I'm like, it's not even a bad beard. Like I was imagining, I guess it's a good beard. It's entirely unremarkable. Unremarkable. I know. I'm like, that's a well-trimmed, I mean, maintained beard. Google it if you want. 
Gisners, but it looks like he didn't even consistently have a beard. It's yeah. not like an iconic thing. It's not it like really Salvador Dali in, yeah. had the iconic handlebar well, I was moustache. Like unkempt and all, all, all yeah. over the place. No, but... it's quite tidy. I mean, yeah. he looks like the guy who built Jurassic Park in the first movie. Yes, he do. yes he does. Yeah, um, or you know, like a Santa Claus who didn't spend enough time growing in his whiskers. Yeah. Well, it almost like it's so close. It almost looks like a chin fade, like. Agreed. Instead of what you would have as a hair fade, a chin yeah, fa- a it's chin very tidy. Fade. So he's got yeah. time to maintain that. Yeah. That's going to eat into his watching, stalking, threatening, menacing time. Yes. I mean, I don't know why it came up so much and why not having a job and having facial hair was, was something to zone mm-hmm. in on. Um, maybe the watcher lives in Newtown. Who's no who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there were also other reasons to suspect him. Uh, the house was both with, within earshot of 657 Boulevard and had a line of sight to the porch with the easel. Mm-hmm. And the family had lived there since the 60s, which coincided with the watcher saying his father watched the house in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And the father of the family had passed away 12 years prior to the letters, which would match the watcher saying that they had been watching the house for the better part of two decades. Uh-huh. Yes. So when Derek took his suspicions to Detective Lugo, he found out they had already questioned this neighbour after the very first letter was sent. Uh-huh. Uh, there was no hard evidence to charge him and he was released. Uh-huh. After being questioned, it was thought that it would have been very risky to send any more letters. And most, it's already been cleared, so yes. I feel like it's less risky for him to do that. What would hard evidence even look like? Fingerprints, DNA? We're coming up to that. Okay. Um, but anyway, most people who knew this man said he wouldn't have been capable of writing the letters, and his brother later revealed that the man suffered from schizophrenia. Um, and so what their family were put through during all of this time was actually quite awful when it, the story went, gangbusters. Oh, no. It was not great for them because their names were released. Um, So for that very reason, I've kept his name private because for some reason no other suspects have their names out there. So I have also kept his name private. Yeah, good choice. Um, So the biggest piece of evidence backing up this man's innocence came much later. So when the media frenzy started, many people in the neighbourhood were obviously on edge. Uh, The mayor assured everyone in the town that the police had conducted a very thorough investigation. Some neighbours wondered how thorough it could have been because they lived in close proximity to 657 Boulevard and they hadn't even been questioned. (laughs) That's damning. Uh, That's real damning. Very damning. Uh, So given the local uproar, a new detective re-looked at the case. This was a year after Uh. the old detective had been looking at it. And he was surprised to find that the previous team had found saliva from one of the envelopes. (gasps) And they had extracted a DNA profile. Oh, stop. What did it tell them? The DNA profile was female. Oh! Dun, dun, dun. I called that pretty early you on. You did. You did. Uh-huh. Yeah, there is a, there's a feminine flair. Yeah. There is a, <laughs> there's the a very feminine flair to the writing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Did we learn anything else? 
Uh, well, it brings me to my next next okay. suspect, the DNA. So one of the sisters who lived next door, she was a real estate agent and the new detective on the case theorised that perhaps she was angry that she hadn't landed the listing for 657 Boulevard. Okay, but she would have known about the transaction yes. from early on. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she would have known when it swapped hands. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Um, things get real CSI here. Uh-huh. Uh, he convinced a security guard at her work to steal a water bottle from her desk. <gasps> <laughs> I've not seen CSI, but if that's the sort of shit that goes on on that show, I will watch it. What? Yeah, they stole a water bottle from her desk so they could get her DNA from it. That feels illegal. It does. Um, Maybe not in the States. I don't know. Uh I don't know. I think maybe abandoned things are considered fair game. I don't know, but I thought they had to dispose of them. But again, I'm getting all of this knowledge from movies I've watched, so that's not very reliable. Yeah, true. What did we learn from the water bottle? Uh, It was not a match. Oh. Uh, So she and the rest of the family next door were cleared as suspects, which explains why the Broadduses had been told years, like a year earlier, that they had been cleared. Uh But the Broadduses obviously didn't know about this DNA. Okay. I don't feel, it doesn't seem like they knew about it because it seemed to pop up when this guy re-looked at the case. And maybe, I mean, maybe they didn't share that with them because they didn't want them to know that it was female and maybe they were digging into them and mm-hmm. also doing weird missions where they were stealing <sighs> DNA from people. I don't know. So mm-hmm. maybe they were keeping certain things secret. Uh-huh. Were they able to match the bottle to the real estate agent, to the woman? Like, it doesn't say. I thought the same thing. I was like, could how do someone they even else's know? Drink I mean, anyone's drink bottle. We're relying on just a security guard sneaking around <laughs> with the bi- the biggest job he's ever been given. Yeah. <laughs> just. We've um, spoken before about the gaps in qualifications and skill sets of the American police force, um, so we won't delve too much into that, but um, these are some more data points to add to the debate. To be honest, not a great uh, investigation on this one. All right, so now what about other neighbours, like the neighbours behind? One day, one of the contractors saw something that he thought was odd. Mm-hmm. The couple who lived behind 657 Boulevard pulled some deck chairs up close to the boundary between their two properties, and rather than facing their own house, they were lounging facing 657 Boulevard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe not the strangest thing, I don't know, but I guess if a contractor has noticed it, it must have looked odd. Well, it sounds to me like they're sunbaking. Yes, and yeah. How I spend my time. Following the rays. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to think about your angles. and Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly. Um, But their house was also within earshot of 657 and with a line of sight to the easel on the porch. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but the couple's daughter had married a man who used to live at 657 Boulevard. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So Feels likely. Were they the watcher or just nosy neighbours? Uh, but that is actually all we know about them. I don't know whether they were DNA tested. I don't know whether they were questioned. 
As it, well as the investigation. What, the theory the, was just put out there? It was just put out there. To yes. the public? To the public. With no resolution? No resolution. That feels like it endangers mm, those people. Yeah. Especially if it was only one time as well. Like if it was every single day at a certain time of day or like yes. all day they were hanging out on deck chairs watching the yes. house. But if it was one time on a sunny day. Exactly, yeah. Then it's just people in their own backyard. Mm. I'm sure I probably look weird to my neighbours sometimes. Mm. Like, And I think I'm doing something quite normal, but maybe to them they're like, what's she up to? Can I ask, this is a very fundamental question, was this classified as a crime? Like the FBI is getting involved in the investigation. Were the letters guess, considered a crime? I guess you could probably put it under intimidation maybe. Mm. I don't know. And is that a crime? Yeah, a felony, misdemeanor? Actually no, or maybe... Because, I mean, I will read you the fourth letter okay. and that one probably will... <laughs> Justify the involvement of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Into, well, I will explain how we get to the FBI also. Okay. Um, all right, but we do have another suspect. So next up, at 11pm one night, the new detective on the case was doing a stakeout at 657 Boulevard when a car stopped outside the house for long enough to make him suspicious. They ran the plates and the car belonged to a woman whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657 Boulevard. Uh, I mean, she could have just been parking there, but mm. maybe it looked too much like lurking. Uh, they questioned her and according to her, her boyfriend was a gamer and he liked to play an online game where the character he played was called The Watcher. <laughs> I mean, this is according uh-huh. to her. I mean, I, do, I don't know if there is a game where there is a character called The Watcher. Who knows? There is. There is. Buffy oh. the Vampire Slayer oh. and Giles was right. The Watcher. <laughs> yeah. Nerdiest right. thing I've ever said on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, the police thought that maybe he could be the watcher and his girlfriend had licked the envelope. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice he agreed to come in for questioning. Both times he didn't show. Uh-huh. And because there is no hard evidence in all of this, it is just up to people to... Speculate wildly. Yes, to volunteer their DNA, to volunteer uh-huh. to come in for questioning because there's no digital trail. Uh-huh. So the girlfriend never came in to spit in a cup. No. No. Um, So that is that one. Um, And that brings us to our last suspects, the Broadus family themselves. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh, this is my favourite one. They did it for attention. The call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) Oh, this is just a creepier version of the Balloon Boy episode we did. Just desperate for stardom and fame. Oh, so desperate. Make I... a headline and then you can end up leading a reality yeah, TV of show. Course, of course. That's obviously the easiest way to do it. Oh, lose Lindsay, it, how did we not see this coming? <laughs> oh, suckers. Yeah. Uh, so many people thought perhaps the Broadduses had got in over their heads with the mortgage and were looking for a way out. I mean, just well, put it. Put it back, back on the <laughs> Just put it back on the market. You don't need a letter writing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> just go, oh, whoopsies, and then put the house back on the market. Yeah, no, that motivation does not check out. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, it's at a, a 
I mean, it seems unlikely also because Derek was the vice president at an insurance company, so he would have been on some good coin. Someone also suggested that it was an insurance scam, and I'm like, what, yeah. ins- what insurance scam? What insurance yeah. is covering letters? Yeah. Like, <laughs> some of them barely cover floods. They're not, <laughs> they're not covering. <laughs> what a weird theory. <laughs> Yeah, no, okay, so that's not tracking. Yeah, it all caused them to have to sell the house for a pretty big loss. Yeah. So it does not, does not check out. And other people thought that maybe they wanted to sell the movie, right? So there we go. Fame Same, and fortune. Yep, yep, American yep. dream. Yep. yep. Um, but at the time, they actually turned down numerous offers from studios and even sent a cease and desist letter to a company that had made a daytime movie about it because they didn't want any more attention on the house. For a while. For a while, yes. Now they, here we are and yes. this Ryan Murphy series is about to drop. They have Amy obviously Watts. sold the rights recently, but uh-huh. at the time. So they played the long game. Yes. Smart. Which is actually probably better if you're doing it for the money. I would do that too. If you're doing it for the cash and also if you're looking to make sure that you maintain your appearance of innocence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One incident that doesn't make them look particularly innocent. <laughs> looks so coy. Back when they were trying to get approval to subdivide the land, yeah. some letters appeared in mailboxes on the boulevard. They were written in a similar style to the Watcher. They were sent to people who were particularly vocal at the meeting. It was signed, Friends of the Broadduses. Uh-huh. Derek later admitted to a journalist that he had written those letters. What did the letters say? It, they've never, like... Never revealed. Never been revealed. Even not like the flavour, the gist, any... No, apparently they had a similar similar flair. That's all that is said. They felt similar to what the Watcher had written and maybe that's what he was going for. A classic fighting fire with fire. Fighting young blood with young blood. Yes. Um, okay, yeah, that doesn't look great for him. No, it doesn't. Mm. No. Um, but... During the watcher years, Derek was diagnosed with depression and Maria was diagnosed with PTSD, which mm-hmm. doesn't seem like something you would put yourself through or be something that you could even be diagnosed with if you were doing doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, that sounds like it was really, it was a harrowing yes, experience a for them experience and therefore them. probably not self-inflicted. Yes. Okay. and I will... Do a quick gist of all of the things that Derek did to try and find who this was as well, which I don't think would have been cheap. Uh-huh. Um, I also don't think you would have done that if you were the person. Uh-huh. Uh, Maria also supplied a DNA sample and it came back not a match. Uh-huh. So that leaves us with not a lot. Other suspects were looked at and ruled out, including ex-housekeepers and their families, uh-huh. other interested buyers who missed out on the property and the Woodses. Uh-huh. The has hired a private investigator. They asked for advice from an FBI agent and they even got another retired FBI agent to run a threat assessment on the letters. So that's where the FBI comes in. These okay. are just people that they have brought in themselves, not 
the police. Got it. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so the agent who ran the threat assessment told them that based on the M slash M on the envelope and the double spacing after full stops, that is my favourite part, uh, that it was an older writer. Yeah, so yes. this was something, I only learned this a couple of years ago. Yes, up until it's been like, coming up a bit. Yeah. Um, were you aware? No. You're I'm, a copywriter. I'm a like, copywriter, one single space, and I apparently that is my age. Yeah. Because it's a double spacing. Did you know this, Lindsay? Do, that old like, people double space? It's a typewriter. Not even thing. old, old, like Generation yeah. X were taught when they're typing, press the space bar twice after every full stop. Apparently it's an old typewriter thing. Okay. But then that's like retained as a yeah. hangover into the digital age. And so I had no idea. There were all these people that I worked with for like well over a yeah. decade and I never noticed in their emails and text messages that they were using double spaces because that was the habit yeah. they were brought up with. They also never clocked that I wasn't using the double space. Some I th- Somebody picked it up with me and I can't remember who it was and they were like, you don't double space? And I was like, and they're like, you're a writer. And I'm like, I'm, what? No. Yeah. I know. It <laughs> sounds so mundane. Yeah. But when you first learn about it, it's such a mind-blowing thing. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously okay, this guy so picked it's up Gen on X it. or older. Yes. So this guy picked it up as something that was important. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said that given the level of anger but lack of profanity, that the Watcher was less macho, which I guess mm-hmm. from the DNA, if the Watcher is licking their mm-hmm. own envelopes, we know that it's a woman. They got a forensic linguist to look at online forums for similar language and sentence structures, and Derek even sought the help of an IT expert to hack the Wi-Fi networks, but pulled out of this plan when he realised that he was... Sorry, I'm through my own sentence. But pulled out of this plan when he realised that what he was doing was more illegal than anything the Watcher had done. He's and also apparently more difficult than what the movies <laughs> suggest. Right. Uh-huh. So dead end there. Dead end. All of their efforts came up naught. No digital trail, no fingerprints, no arrests. The Watcher has not been heard from since that fourth letter that the tenants found in 2017. The envelope was addressed to the vile <gasps> and spiteful Derek and... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. <laughs> the watcher is definitely old. <laughs> wench. wench. I know, so good. I'm definitely going to be using it. <laughs> oh, All right. So good. I've heard enough. I love it. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They (laughs) carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. You wonder who the Watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Oh, 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 the delusions of grandeur. All hail the watcher. They follow my orders. (laughs) So good. Keep going. 
Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbours who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and you were too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighbourhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched me from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. The Watcher then went on to brainstorm a few ideas of how the Broadduses could meet an untimely end. Oh. So this is where it gets a bit more sinister. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Oh. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, that makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house and the watcher won. <laughs> so just to recap, this turned up at the house while there were renters living there. Yes. The renters found the envelope, opened it, read this and chose to yeah, continue I'm, I'm with stay. their lease. I'm going to stay. <laughs> It specifically mentioned pets dying, yes, of which I know. they had they two. They had two. I know. <sighs> yes. Uh, yeah. What a choice. Right. I mean, I eventually moved out of a place because they wouldn't fix the oven, so I'm definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely out. <laughs> oh, well, maybe they were able to negotiate an even better deal even better on deal. the rent, possibly. Yes. Um, that's the end of the... That is, yep. The Watcher remains at large. The Broadduses still live in Westfield. Address unknown. I'll bet. And that was just the gist of The Watcher. Oh, bravo. Very, very creepy but creative person. Like, I, I went I went back and forth on whether I liked them mm. or disliked them. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're, they're not good, but also... They wield some power, don't they? What a flair they? for the dramatic. Four missives, and they've managed to create this entire yeah. mythology, this whole oh, yeah. scandal, this major TV series. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope that you know, maybe one day they'll get some, they'll get some of the royalties. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I'm pretty I certain know. that there's now that this TV show is so big, there's going to end up being people coming forward mm, claiming to yes. have been the watcher. I'm wondering whether the TV show and the, like the latest round of attention is mm. going to draw some stuff out. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, or then yes, there could be some citizen detectives yes. out there who start looking into the mm. case more seriously yes. and start uncovering. I am. Obsessed with this. Now. Yeah, it's in, it's crazy. At first, I, like I, I vaguely remember listening to a podcast about it ages ago, uh -huh. and then digging it, in, digging into it more. I was like, I don't think I paid enough attention to what was said in these letters. <laughs> what? I am desperate to watch The Watcher now, though. You're going to be you're going to be even more desperate to watch it when I tell you that Jennifer Coolidge is in oh. it. <gasps> yes. No, shut up! She I love it. her. We uh, all do. For people who don't know, she is from White Lotus, yeah. uh, Paulette in Legally Blonde, yes. and Stifler's mum. The original MILF. Just, just iconic. iconic. Oh, I found out uh, found out during lockdown that she was 37 when she played Stifless Mum. I was like, what? Stop it. 
We're older than Stifler's. We're older than Stifler's mom. (laughs) It's like, no. And that was when I had just turned 37. I was like, oh, oh, no. (laughs) Well, uh, you can still be fuckable. That's the lesson we take from that. You can still be fuckable. Yes. Um, Teenage boys will fan- no that's not right that's not what we want no no no, no. fiona thank you so much that was thank you for having me it was it was a lot of fun i, I loved that great yeah, i enjoyed journey. researching and deciding how i would tell you the story brilliant um, i wish i had answers but i don't well hey we'll bring you back on if and when there are oh, updates yes. please so stay across the story um and you can let us know anytime there's any sort of update Progress I'll put a Google alert on, although maybe not until the show's been on for a while. I'll just, just wait for it. Right All right. Thank you so much, honey. Thank really you. great having you on. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Listener.